Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, are you totally on the Christopher Gibson hype train yet or not? No, I'm just happy that we have three goaltenders back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glimpse of uh, the ghosts of uh, Goldie's past, I guess, today at uh, right. at practice. I, I think it's, it was a short-lived thing. I don't think Grice is coming back quite yet, but... Uh, yeah, when you put out three goalies like that, it's kind of scary. Well, before we talk about Christopher Gibson and uh, all the other things that are uh, going on uh, with the Islanders right now, uh, we have some, I guess, exciting news. Well, I guess it's somewhat exciting for me. Uh, we have a uh, a partner, which is this is pretty cool. Do you need new hockey gear? Go Pro Stock. Our friends at ProStockHockey.com offer the largest online selection of real Pro Stock hockey equipment, including items from New York Islanders Anders Lee, Andrew Ladd, Anthony Beauvillier, Scott Mayfield, and others. Sticks, gloves, pants, and much more are available right now for a fraction of the retail cost. Islanders Anxiety listeners can use the promo code Lighthouse to take 10% off their orders. Plus, when you shop ProStockHockey.com, you get three rolls of tape free with each stick purchase. Code expires on March 28th, so don't wait. Again, use the code Lighthouse to get 10% off your order at ProStockHockey. ProStockHockey. If the pros don't use it, we don't sell it. 
there you go. I've been, that was very natural. Thank you. Thank you. I've, yeah. been, I've been kicking it around my head now for like the better part of a couple of days. So, so yeah, so they're, they're real. They're legit. Go there. They got sticks from Ladd, Lee, Bovillier, Mayfield, a bunch of guys. They have great stuff. It's all pro stuff. Go buy it. It's good. 10% off. Can't go wrong. Okay. Is that the first time you've ever read an ad or something like that? Yes. Yes, it is. Really? Oh, yes. oh yeah. No, you were really good. Thank I was you. surprised. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard enough of them on right, podcasts, yeah. <laughs> I think, that is I've just sort of absorbed the cadence of, uh, you know, I'm still waiting on audible.com. And, I, so uh, you, you ticked all the boxes. It was a, yeah. the cadence was right. The the copy was right. Yeah. Well, the, Very copy, nice. the copy came from them. Well, ha- half of them, half of me. So, uh, but, uh, well, actually mostly them and then somewhat me. But anyway, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, and we'll also have that, that code on the, uh, the website so you can, if you don't forget it, you can go there. And again, March 28th, it expires. So don't wait. Uh, and we got a lot of players out there that probably listen to this and so read the site. So go buy it. Uh, okay, so <laughs> um, moving on to Islander stuff. So uh, Christopher Gibson, the the Finnish man with the least Finnish name on earth, won the Islanders' first game in eight tries on set on Sunday. He beat the Flames, making fifty saves because no Islander goalie wins a game without making fifty saves. Uh, they had lost eight previous games. Their season is essentially, for all intents and purposes, over at this point. <laughs> Uh, but it was nice to see the kid get a win. I'm sure he's he's a good kid. Uh, he deserved to win a game in Pittsburgh too, uh, where they lost in overtime. Uh, he started at Edmonton too, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's played yeah. the past like seven weeks. <laughs> that's <laughs> and, what, that's how long it feels in between, you know, just this season. It's so funny. Well, so <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to the schedule, I guess, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, so um, Gibson looked pretty good. I mean, he stopped 50 shots, but you know, again, I, I I'm. I'm having these flashbacks. We joked about the three the three goalie flashback, but I'm kind of having these flashbacks to years past. And you know the 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 late season Islanders call up that comes up and plays pretty well and gets people's heads turning and gets people thinking that you know he could be a big part of next year. And I'm already looking forward to next year when he gets sent down to Bridgeport and is never heard from again because I know that that's where that's going because we've seen that movie before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's played really well, but. Yeah. Uh... You know, goaltending is what it is, and we, we we always tend to advise and temper, you know, your expectations with goalies, and it's you know it's cool to see. And I, I but <laughs> the, you can't, the like it's the only thing that's concerning me now is say he does that hmm. with the way Grice has gone, and then the Islanders decide, you know, what, we're just going to go with the you know the two Gs. We're going to go with Gibson yep. and Grice next year. You know, so there's I'm, it's it's sad that that this kid playing so well has turned. You know that that's where my headset, rather <laughs> yeah. than being like excited about it. No, I, that's exactly where I'm at, and and I, like I feel like it's deja vu because I feel like we were just doing this with Josh Hosang last year. Like he he came up half, you know, it's a different position, obviously, and he was here for a lot longer. He was here for I guess half the season, and uh, he played really well. He was averaging like a half a point a game, which is totally respectable for a guy that age. And he came up, and we all just penciled him in for a regular spot. Next year, and he's been in Bridgeport since like November. He ain't coming back. And you know, whether you blame the Islanders or you blame Josh or whoever, like we've and and you could go back through the the history. The first guy I always think of, and Mark wrote a great thing about him for the site many moons ago. You should you should look it up on Mark Lawrence. Mark Lawrence came up. I don't know, nineteen ninety whatever. He, they signed him out of nowhere. He was great. He had like a. He was like a 25-goal half a season or whatever. We figured he was the next big thing, and nobody heard from Mark Lawrence ever since. And so, like, this is sort of like the Mark Lawrence Memorial Award for 
the Islanders' late <laughs> season call up that get you know yeah. again gets people talking. And uh, I don't know. Again, I'm happy for Chris Gibson. I'm sure he's a nice kid. And you know, another thing too is like the Islanders can't even do that right. Like they finally get a guy from Finland, home of the coolest names on earth, and they get the <laughs> one Finnish guy named Christopher Gibson. It's the most boring name ever. Uh, and uh, I hope. I mean, hey, look, if he's going to make 50 saves in a game. Good for him. I'm I'm happy for him and and that that game I don't it didn't feel like the Islanders got run out of the building, but they kind of did and uh but I'm glad it kind of happened to the Flames because the Islanders can use their uh their lottery pick. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I I actually tried my best not to watch a lot of the games over yeah. the past couple of days and uh so that one I was kind of half watching, half following on Twitter and when the Islanders were up 4-1, I, I was mad that they were, you know, winning. I kind of wanted them to not win another game for the rest of the year. <laughs> not in like a tank in a tank way, but right. in just like all oh, these losses are so freaking funny. Like right. I can't I can't I can't help but laugh at like weight and the way that they're all handling it. It's it's really great. But um <laughs> so unfortunately they won, but I was watching, you know, I follow a couple like Flames Twitter people and they were all just talking about how great the Flames, you know, were playing, but mm. Some guy named Christopher Gibson, who they had never heard of, was doing what you know Louis Domingue used right. to do to the Islanders anytime yeah. they played the Coyotes. I was so. going to say that was a classic Islanders game, just from the other perspective, because you know the, the nobody, the no name goalie comes into your building for an easy win and suddenly walks out with a fifty save, you know, win. Uh, that's a totally like you just said. That's the Louis Domingue game, or like the um, John Graham or something like that would you know come in and. John Graham, former Islander. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that was. I don't think he ever played though. No, he just sat on the bench for like a yeah. couple of games. But yeah, that was that was a weird that was a weird era. But uh, it's funny <laughs> you, you mentioned Doug Waite because um, uh, Andrew Gross is the new the new beat writer at Newsday. He's great if you've been following his stuff for the Rangers or Devils. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing him and and Staple sort of uh, you know giving us better coverage. Uh, unfortunately, of a team that uh, quite frankly isn't very good. But <laughs> we'll see how that works out. But um, yeah, yeah, we've always clamored for more. Like we yeah. want more coverage, but in reality, I just want less. I don't. Yeah. I want, you know, I don't <laughs> want. I don't want to see this team the ever less again. Coverage of this team, in particular, the better. But um, but yeah. So he had an article today about um Doug Waite saying like you know they've got to win ten of their ne- of the last thirteen. Like we got to get on a roll here. And it's like Doug, I I, I, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I appreciate his his enthusiasm. I really do. And and. I, I, he had a uh, Neil Best had an article because Neil Best, who you mentioned before, he was on the the road trip with them, and uh, you know Doug, after the loss in Edmonton, he had a very very short and very very, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess well, what's the right word I'm looking for? Not contentious because he didn't really contend anything. He was just very angry. Uh, Post game availability with Shannon Hogan and you know Doug's excitable. He's he gets angry. He's he's intense. And here he is saying that they need to win ten games out of the last thirteen to get into the playoffs. And I'm like, Doug, that's just not going to happen. Like, it's yeah. just, I'm sorry, it's just isn't going to happen. You know, it's funny because <clears throat> hockey fans and, and you see it on Twitter all the time want to talk about how they want the NHL and their teams to let personality shine through. Right. And here we have a coach whose personality is shining through, and it's great, but right. he's just yeah. not doing the rest of his job well. <laughs> yeah, the the gifts. I mean, if I wish he was a better coach because they could put a camera just on him and he w- it would be worth the price of admission. Like you could charge just for that because he's always bouncing and yelling and screaming and like, you know, he's like trying to get past the players to yell at the refs. And it's just great. It's very he's a very gifable coach, maybe the yeah. most gifable coach in the entire NHL. 
Uh, in, in a non-ironic way, like I'm sure right. like like the, you know, the Daryl Sutter and like Ken Hitchcock <laughs> and Paul McClain gives her one thing. But weights are like his actual actions, not just yeah. because, you know, he's a funny looking dude. Yeah. Um, did you, you know, we didn't talk about this when we talked about the TSN um, panel that they had during the trade deadline. But Daryl Sutter was there. And I mean, the guy's won two Stanley Cups. He's won a billion games. He's a, he's a great. I want hockey. to jump through my TV and s- sign him. Bring yeah, back. I, I'd love to. Well, we'll get to some some off season wish list guys, I guess, in a little bit. But uh, his the way he speaks, I'm surprised players can even understand what he's saying. Because drugs like this, <laughs> he's like he's like Dustin Hoffman and Dick Tracy when he played Mumbles. Like he sounds exactly like him. <laughs> and it's what what is he saying? It, but, you know what's funny is like he he said something during that that I was like, wow, that is a really kind of great forward thinking approach for someone who I don't take. Right. You know who, who? Yeah, it just doesn't come off that way, and I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> it's like the Rosetta Stone; like he just yeah. kind of comes in and out. But, uh, but yeah, it's safe to say that Doug Wade is not Daryl Sutter, and he is not quite with the pulse of his has the pulse of his team. And you know, it's it's really frustrating because like he says a lot of things that you want to hear players say. Like they they acknowledge that giving up fifty shots in a game is not a way to win hockey games. Like that's not conducive to winning hockey and they want to cut down on them. But then when you sometimes when he's challenged like that, he's like, well, those weren't really fifty real shots. They were all from you know, they weren't like high scoring chances. And it's like, yeah, but there were still fifty of them, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that means that, you know, thirty of them didn't reach the net too. Right, so that means right. that the eight, eight the puck was sent towards your goalie eighty times a game. Oh, right. Doug. And and it's like and then also just you know he t- he talks about I mean he said stuff about analytics that are kind of general but you know I I get that I, I like that he's kind of kept you know Everly and Barzell together and he he hasn't messed with the lines too much although lately he kind of has but I mean again that's what coaches do that's all they can really do and again we've talked about the the bottom of the lineup ad nauseum there's only so much he can do with that that group that you know he couldn't really draw blood from a stone there and Chris Wagner as our friend Les pointed out on Twitter actually has worse numbers than Jason Chimera. So there you go. Uh, Ross Johnson it is, I guess. Yeah, it's it's like primary points per 60. It's like if you take away um, – like if you make the time of – the minimum time on ice like 100 minutes, he's like ninth in the league. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's, yeah. that hasn't quite worked out. But he's a free agent, so it doesn't really matter. But um, – yeah. You know, but again, all of this really doesn't really mean much when you meet when you lose eight games in a row in March or and slash February. Man, that's not good. Even if the Islanders were in first place, let's say they were in first place in the division, and they lost eight games, they'd still be hanging on for you know in a wild card spot right now, and it would be pretty bad. That's not how you want to go into the playoffs, and so you know, Doug can obviously he's got to message this to his players, and he can't have them sort of like bounce. You know, kind of like, you know, I guess give up on the season. You don't want to see that. But at the same time, like you can't lose eight straight games. And some of those were hard luck losses. I mean, they, they played pretty well um, in the second game against Montreal. They lost. It's, oh, that's what I meant to say. So the last time you and I sat here and we went through the like recent games and you know what was coming up. They had two games against Montreal, then against Pittsburgh and then Edmonton. Uh, no, then uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary in that order, and we were like, "Well, you got to win pretty much all of these. The two games against the Habs, you got to have. You got to get a point out of Pittsburgh, and then you got to sweep the Western Conference." Well, guess what? None of that happened. So, <laughs> so much for our prognostication skills. Um, 
And here they are, eight points out of the playoffs. Um, Carolina was winning last time I checked, but Columbus won last night. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. It's just very frustrating. Yeah, there's uh, – I, I, I don't know which game it was after, but Wade, Wade had a quote where it was like, this is getting old. Yeah, that was, was like, the um, the Edmund – no, that was the Vancouver game. Yeah, and yeah. it's just like – no, man, it got old <laughs> like five weeks ago. Right. Like the, the, the whole – yeah. One of the things that's pissed me off about this team, and I don't want to call it a sense of urgency, but I guess it kind of is, yeah. is that they thought – I think it, it was almost like they approached every game up until the, basically the trade deadline. Like, oh, this is all roses. Like, we're we're yeah. playing well. Like, look at look at this guy like who we have on our team. He's really good, and we got this other guy who's really good, and they're going to – it's like almost like they were going to be enough to Tavares and Barzal to like just will them and play them through to a – because you know everyone's glowing about the two of them that that they thought all right like we're fine, hmm. but that's not how it was. Like th- this team was never fine. They were just at, <laughs> at one point they were kind of overperforming, like getting a little lucky, and then when that fell out, it fell out hard, and th- they didn't do anything to to kind of just gr- like cushion their fall. Like months ago, we said it so many times, it was never fine. This team was doomed to fail, like just smoke and mirrors. So. That's what pissed me off is that we, if we all are seeing that as uneducated, never played the gamers, <laughs> like how are how are the people that are making millions of dollars and that we're fine, like we're giving this, we're going to see and root for? How can they not see that? And that's yeah. that that pissed me off more than anything. That the uh, maybe this entire season when he said that. Yeah. No. No. I not only do I agree with you in the sense of the lack of a sense of urgency, but. I'll go so far as to as to say it's uh, it's kind of a, a, a an air of entitlement. I mean, Chris, it's like hubris, whole... like this hubris, yeah, pretty much. This... Like they're they kind of. I I definitely feel the same way you did that they like thought that they could outscore their problems. Basically, I think is what what it comes down to because they had been like earlier in the season. That's exactly what they had been doing, which is just scoring more than the other guys. And it's like that's that's fine, that's exciting, but it's not really like a way to win games. It's not going to work that way. Um, but, uh, they, they kind of didn't feel like they needed to fix anything, which is very odd, you know, like, and so like, like you said, I mean, it gets to the point, like, what are they watching and what are they seeing that, that gives them that sort of idea? Because we're not seeing it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if it was like the moment, like there were some pretty big moments, the Tavares goal against Couturier and Mm. that crazy comeback against whoever the hell that was. thing. Oh, and, uh, the Detroit game. Like, yeah, the yeah. Detroit game. Like so, so oh, Buffalo was the other one too in the overtime. Yeah, Barzell, exactly. Yeah. Like so, there are these there were these big moments, and it was almost like, oh yeah, like we we're creating you know one of these every couple of weeks, so we must be good, and hmm. it's not. Yeah. You weren't good. The, yeah. the, the, <laughs> if you if you if if the Islanders made the playoffs, everyone just would call them a fraud because that's what the <laughs> Islanders the Islanders are a fraud. So pretty much um, they wasted us. We uh, wasted you know our t- this entire season. So yeah. Good, good. Uh, and uh, I mean, if uh, when you said that you were tired of when when Wade said that he was getting it was getting old, and you were like it got old five weeks ago. I mean, I think it got old last season. Like it got old. <laughs> it got old. Know? Yeah. <laughs> when they couldn't, you know, win a game for the first half of the first you know, first half of last season. And yeah, okay, Doug came in and they got that bounce and they they played really well at the end of the season and. You know, maybe deserved a, a you know a different fate, but ultimately you you missed the playoffs. And like I think, 
I think it comes down to that because earlier in the season, they kept talking about how they only missed by a point. And that was the kind of thing. And I think that they felt like they almost had earned the spot, even though they hadn't, yeah, they had missed no, it. Not even close. No, but that, that, that last season, if, if, it, if I could have assigned them like a point total, it would have been like 77. Right. And like you and I and other people, whether they're Islanders fans or not, look at that and go, you guys missed the playoffs. And they look at that and like, well, we only missed the playoffs by a point. Yeah, and this is a sport where <laughs> half the teams make the playoffs, or over right. half the teams. Right, right. And, and also, that being said, too, like, you know, they also saw that Nashville made the, the finals with the same point total that they had, which probably further, you know, kind of established or, you know, kind of cemented for them. And we we're good. We, we just, you know, didn't, we didn't get the bounces or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that team had a couple of other things going for it, like a top four of Subban and Ellis and Yossi and um, who am I forgetting? Ekholm. Like those guys are really good. <laughs> and you guys don't have anybody that's like that. You know, I mean, you don't have a one one. You don't even have a Ryan Ellis, let alone yeah, right. Ellis and three other guys. Like it just doesn't work that way. Um, and then so they came into this season kind of expecting to do the same thing. And then also there's the pervasive thing that sort of and and we love John Tavares dearly, but. He has said this too, and maybe he's just towing the company line. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't truly believe this. But when you say stuff like, well, all you got to do is make the playoffs. All you have to do is get in, and you never know what happens. Like, I don't want to just get in. I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, I I want them to – why can't they just try and win a division? And it's like you're just trying to squeak in, and then what happens is you lose a couple of guys for a couple weeks, and boom, you're out of the playoffs. And all of a sudden, that one point that you missed by last year turns into eight points you're going to miss by this year. It's just very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can't actually ever remember them going into a year like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now that I think about it, like uh, I'm trying to, th I'm sure that they say stuff like that, but it doesn't like resonate with you. Whereas you know, every season the Penguins come and they say we're going to win this division, whatever, right. whether it's the Atlantic or the Metro, and then we're going to win the Stanley Cup. Hmm. And you're like, yeah, well, that's probably what's going to happen. Where the <laughs> Islanders are just like, whew. Who yeah. the hell knows, you know, right. like, yeah. hopefully we're all just, we're, we're still here. Like we have, we're, we're playing. So like, it, <laughs> that's true. That's true. In fairness, that, that is, that has been a, a concern of theirs. Um, but it's, that's, it's no excuse. They should still, they, yeah. I mean, you, you should, the Islanders should have set their sights on the division plus this year. And right. they should have done it last year too, when they actually won a, a first round series. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's a giant failure again. Yes. And, yeah. and it just because, just because it's not, you know, the horrible seasons. Like I take the 2000, 2001 team or whatever, where you're going into it and there is, you're just like, this team sucks. And that's, that's why they have 64 points or whatever they finished with compared to this team where they're going to finish with, you know, it's not going to be as ugly on paper, but you're like, I'm, I'm more disappointed in this lot than I am in those guys, you know? Yeah. Or not like Bill Muckholtz, have... Bill, Bill Muckholtz probably <laughs> tried, you know, he put everything out there on the ice and not saying these guys aren't, but like yeah. that team didn't, wasn't supposed to do anything. This team was, even if, if they weren't, you know, the headliners of the, the division, they, they, they should have, they had the talent to do something and they just flopped. Yeah. You don't even have to go back that far. I mean, you go back to the early Tavares era, like the mm -hmm. 2010, 2011. You know, Mark, that's the year that Mark Streit missed the entire season and Kyle Posa missed half the season. And, you know, had those guys been healthy, you never know. But, like, no, but there were no expectations on that team. Like, there was just a bunch of guys that just came out and, and played and you kind of watched them grow and, and you had expectations. You, you had no expectations, but you had hope 
for the future. And this year, right. there really there isn't was progress. That. There right. was like visible progress. This is not visible progress. No, it isn't. Except for you know, with one glaring exception is Matthew Barzell, and I, I thought about that really listening to to what our old podcasts were. I keep forgetting that like he's awesome and he's on the team, and it's almost like all of this negativity <laughs> kind of doesn't apply to him because he's really good. Um, Arthur Staple had a, an article today on, on the Athletic that everybody should definitely read about uh, his influence, Barzell's influence uh, on the Vancouver hockey community. Like you know, we kind of assume that all of Toronto is mad about hockey. Well, in Vancouver, yeah, I don't know. It's I guess the the city is too beautiful. Like they got other stuff going on, <laughs> and you know, um, so it's not as crazy as like Toronto or something. Brian Nugent Hopkins is from from BC, and you know, he talks about how it's you know guys that come from there. Um, you you think it's a lot, but it really isn't that many. And Barzell is like already a folk hero. Like kids are already wearing the Barzell jerseys all around Rogers Place, and they're coming out to his his team is like the Junior Islanders, and they're sponsored by the Islanders, and they're all like out there in Islanders jerseys, and you know they're three thousand whatever miles away from Long Island, and he's he is the the hope for this franchise, and and not only just on the ice, but like when he talks about how when people talk about how competitive he is and how he just wants to win and it just eats him up inside. And like, that's what I want to see. Like he, he's probably just as frustrated as we are, if not more so that this season went the way it did, because it's just, it's, it's unfathomable that this is, we've come to this point where it's, you're going to miss the playoffs in John Tavares's last two years with his contract. Seriously, we're going to do this now. In this, in the, yeah. In this fashion too. Like, right. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Know, right? Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just it's really it's really frustrating and it could have all been avoided. Like a lot of this could have been avoided. Oh, and that and that's the other thing too. So definitely read the Barzell piece of the Athletic. But there was another piece of the Athletic and I can't remember who wrote it, I apologize. But it was it was about the, the Canadians and really like how they and the Lightning have kind of converged into t- different directions. I don't know what connection they had in the first place, but other than playing in the same division, but basically the writer was talking about how the lightning keep finding these like small guys. There's only like one guy on the entire team. That's I think six feet tall. Uh, it was, uh, no, there's one forward on the team that's six feet tall. And it's Steven Stamkos. He's the only one. Everybody else is under six feet tall. And like, they just signed like the leading scorer of the QMJHL. They keep finding these little guys in these unknown colleges that there were free agents and signing them. And they, they go to Syracuse and they play awesome. And this is a team that's one of the best teams in the league. And they keep sort of finding and collecting good players from all over the place. And I'm, I'm reading it. Of course, the, the writer is talking about the Canadians. I'm thinking to myself, the Islanders just stopped. Like, they just felt like we have enough players. We don't need yeah. any more. And I'm like, dude, that's wrong. It's just wrong, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, yeah. They're, they've, they've somehow the, the, well, the lightning are unearthing Yanni Gord. Right. Who, Yanni Gord, I'm pretty sure is, is like a player from 1927 before anything <laughs> written was like, that's not a, that's not a 2000, 17 hockey yeah. name that's 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 like he's playing with like Sid Abel and Cyclone whatever yeah. Yanni but, Gord uh, by the way is third in rookie scoring right now he's like I don't know nine or 12 or something points behind Barzell and I was just like how much would it suck if he just like went on a tear and ended up being the rookie scoring leader and just yeah. stole the Calder out from pretty much everybody like, uh, yeah that's the total thing that would happen I don't yeah, want to see it absolutely. happen obviously but like that would really <laughs> suck but yeah, I mean, it's just that's that's the diff. You know, I guess that's just the difference. Like the Lightning obviously found a kind of a market inefficiency and exploited it, while the Islanders were, you know, trotting out 
<laughs> you know, going and getting, you know, Russ Johnston and, and Tanner Fritz. And like, it's just like they, they were still, they were, they were recruiting guys who not, they wouldn't be good in 2002 and 2003, but they would have a role on a team. Whereas, you know, it's not, it's not how hockey's played anymore. And as much, it's like the Islanders, uh, Islanders are, Islander fans are so nostalgic as a bunch because, you know, the Coliseum or whatever. It's like the, the Islanders are trying to build a team for them and yeah. for that, you know, in our subconscious, like, go watch Tanner Fritz and, you know, Chris Wagner bang around and it'll feel like 2002 again, like you're at the Coliseum. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to bring back Matt Martin. Like, that yeah, was, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, no, like, and, and it was other stuff in there, too, about how, like, you know, that. They sent him to Syracuse, and there's there's that's a good team in the AHL, and you know they they come up here and like like Anthony Sorelli just got called up, and you know he scores a goal in his first game, and he and he like literally fits right into the lineup, and it's seamless, and a lot of the stuff that was said in there is stuff that we've heard the Islanders say too, like well we want to have a great relationship with our AHL team, and we want to play the same style down there. We look for players with good character. We want character guys that that you know want to win and, and be winners and I'm like I've heard my team say this exact same stuff and yet my team is going to miss the playoffs and these guys could probably win a Stanley Cup. So like where is the disconnect here? Like, you know, I'm sure Brett Thompson does a really great job. I'm sure he's a really nice guy and I'm sure he loves to coach and Josh Hosang of course has nothing but great things to say about Brent Thompson even though he's cuz he's frankly the only guy whose opinion really we care to hear. Um <laughs> And I'm sure that's all fine and good, and everybody's having a great time, and everybody's buddies. But like, Bridgeport's probably going to miss the playoffs too for the second year in a row. And it's like, like, what are we doing here? Like, what are we building? If you keep talking about like we're trying to build this thing, that's great. But like, you all ultimately have to build it, right? Like, yeah, it's just not getting built. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's 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 just a strange. There's it's just like all the way down. There's just no um, no really light at the end of the tunnel, and. And Barzal is a beautiful Band-Aid, but it's just it's just, <laughs> like I feel very uh, hopeless about like this entire operation from resigning Tavares. Like how how on earth was this team? It was like a uh, foregone conclusion. It felt like this time last year, maybe a little earlier last year that the Islanders were going to resign John Tavares. Like everything he said, the whole ge- the general feeling around the Islanders organization and the hockey world. And now all of a sudden it's like. No, nah, man, I, I I don't really think so. I'm, I'm I'm I don't I'm actually having having trouble picturing it happening. Like, and 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 I know that's that's you know no no way to base it, and and hopefully he doesn't you know he, he's he's going to come back. But like I'm really having a tough time seeing it happen now. Yeah, and and the the most depressing part of the whole thing is nobody can blame him. Right. <laughs> like yeah. like you can't even be mad about it. You just have to look internally as an organization and as a fan be like, this is our fault. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I still think he resigns, but the only thing I have to hold my hat on is basically just him, just his loyalty to the, to the organization and like the things that he says and the fact that they're going to throw a lot of money at him, obviously. But I mean, other than that, and, and I guess Barzell really is, is the other reason you know, to do that. But again, he has to understand that this, this team needs a lot of help and they need to build a lot of stuff. We say it all the time. He's, he's not a dumb guy. Like he's, he can see, he can look at a roster and be like, all right, this isn't, you know, this isn't Tampa Bay. And this isn't, you know, what, what like the teams in Chicago and Los Angeles look like when they're and Pittsburgh, when they're consistent winners. Yeah. It's, 
you know, I, I just my thing is if he's if he signs, I tr- I honestly truly believe that he didn't want to talk. I I I, I kind of have this like this timeline in my head, and my th- my theory is this, and I, I apologize if I've already mentioned this on this podcast, but I feel like so coming into this this season, we didn't know about Belmont yet. We didn't know where the team was going to be playing, and I felt like. He probably said either to Pat Brisson, his agent, or Garth Snow, or John Ledecky and Scott Malkin, or whoever, or maybe even just himself, said, I need to know what's happening with the arena before I I sign. So I'm not going to sign, and I'm going to just put all that, I'm going to focus on the hockey, and I'm going to block that all out. And I honestly truly believe he thought that. And then so December rolls around, Belmont is announced, everybody jumps up and down, that's great. But now you're in the middle of a season in which it's already gone off the rails. And so he, again, he hasn't signed, but he has promised himself and the people around him that he is going to only focus on the, on playing and just, you know, being the best player he can be, being the best leader he can be, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, now we're coming up to the end of the season and he still hasn't signed, but I still feel like he's just focusing on the hockey, trying to get better, trying to be the best he can be and help the team. win. of course he just went through this, crazy slump that you know everybody had everybody pointing the fingers at him maybe he should just walk away he's not that good they're gonna pay this guy a lot of money um i understand all that that said if he walks uh, so do i to be quite honest like i'm not gonna sit here and like seriously i'm not gonna sit and watch hockey and have to listen to other people talk about how great he is with another team uh while i'm trying to watch there's no amount of joy the islanders could bring me that would make that any more tolerable like I'm just I can't I'm not gonna watch NBCSN and hear Pierre Maguire talk to me about how great John Tavares is when my team is still in last place. Like I just it, it's not worth it. I'm just gonna <laughs> I have I'll find some other stuff to do. Honestly, it's 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 the smart thing to do, and it's a pathetic thing. Is that, you know we both will say that, and yeah. a year from now we'll be doing this. But yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I I know I I agree. It's just right. like I I am I am. I just remember being so caught off guard by Franz Nielsen not signing. Yes. And just and yes. the way that that made me feel. And, yes, I agree. And being like, you know, that is I love we all loved Franz Nielsen, maybe pound for pound yeah. as much as we love John Tavares. But that day, if John Tavares leaves and I mean, it really also there's like a couple chances he signs with a team, you know, you know, obviously, like, I don't want to go nuclear, but like there are some teams out there that can sign him right. that would make it even worse like i i and i'm really having a tough time because the islanders are so good at planting seeds of doubt i'm having a hard time believing that anything good is coming from from this yeah. team now the, so the nielsen thing is definitely that's the biggest bellwether for the whole thing is because we we never we never expected franz nielsen to ever sign and neither, else. And neither did franz most no, importantly no never and and you know kyle Oposo didn't want to leave either but they just basically shunned him and he ended up signing up someplace else and the poor guy is kind of struggling he's got concussions now matt molson didn't want to sign anywhere else they just they traded him and they were like nah you're out of here goodbye they they re-signed pa parent i was just yeah. like they, they treat players very strangely too and that's just it's so uh, it's, I they just, do yeah it is and it's just it's hard to kind of it's hard to be I mean, if you're telling me, like, again, I, I ultimately think he does resign, but again, I ultimately thought Franz Nielsen was going to resign, and he didn't. And the only thing I have to go on is, well, we got Barzell, and he's lived here for eight years. Like, that's all I got. And so, yeah, right. Yeah, he, he loves, he, he, hopefully, he's got like a bunch of restaurants that he'd really miss. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, where else are you going to get this kind of lasagna? Yeah, yeah, yeah Zorns. There's the Zorns. Yeah, There's Zorns. No, Ten minutes from the practice facility, John. Right. Uh, yeah, the Coliseum, I guess. I don't know, but I, I don't know how much to buy into that. Yeah. Um, in another uh, staple piece um, for – oh, b- before I move on there, I just want to talk about – so speaking of John Tavares, so again, Neil Best was – was on the road trip with them, and you know they lost seven games in a row at the time, or eight games, maybe whatever it was at the time. And so Tavares was like, uh, "This isn't a lot of fun right now," which of course was the headline. And you know, because we live in the absolute stupidest timeline, where people—it's amazing that people can actually. There's a line in Superman when uh, when uh, Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman. Uh, sees Ned Beatty come in, who's his henchman, and he's like, uh, it's amazing that brain can generate enough power to keep those legs moving. That's sort of the time we live in right now. It's amazing that people's brain power can generate enough power to uh, keep the world moving. Nobody read the story. They just read the headline. And and suddenly Tavares not having fun means that he's absolutely gone. Like that's just – no, because nobody read the story. The story had nothing to do with the free agency at all. It was just about, hey, we've lost seven games in a row. This isn't fun. Um but you know nobody read that part, so they Neil Best had to write a clarification story in which Tavares said, "No, I am committed to the organization. I love it here. They, I've spent my time here, and I, you know, I'm I'm gonna look at it at the end of the season." And he's like, "I didn't even realize that people were talking. Like they're just gonna talk. What are you gonna do?" But I just I I can't take it, and and it's still popping up. Like the, that story of Tavares not having fun <laughs> still pops up in blog posts like a week and a half later, and it's like. Did anybody read the story? No. Then stop using it. He's talking about, <laughs> I mean, go find a player and ask him what a seven-game losing streak is like. I don't think fun is going to be the first word that comes to their mind. Anyway, what I, that, that rant is over. Now, what I was going to say was Staple had another story. I think it was after the, uh, the win in Calgary where he talked about one of his final lines was this team that is, is calling for a or begging for a, um, a reset in the offseason. And I agree with him, but like, do you honestly see this team being reset in the off season? Because I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't see how it's possible. Right. Right. Like, how how can you reset a team with all these guys signed that you signed? You being Garceau, how can you reset this team when the, you have Cal Clutterbuck signed until whenever, and Casey Sezika signed till whenever, Andrew Ladd signed till whenever? You know, there are big deals that you'd have to work. Thomas Grice, like right. you. The, to have a blank sl- having a blank slate is a very valuable thing in a salary salary cap sport, and the Islanders are far away from it, so they'd have to get creative. And I have an inkling, and I'm a little worried about it that that is why those two first round picks weren't de- weren't truly dealt at the deadline is that Snow is going to send the, a first round pick to the Senators to take Andrew Ladd's contract and, or or someone else. You know, that's 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 oh, wow. uh, yeah. I, I'm and I mean, who knows? Obviously, I'm not. Right in tune with any of that but it's just yeah. you know something that i think that they the islanders truly do need to kind of wipe at least a portion of the slate clean and and the only way to do that is going to be to give up assets yeah. uh so yeah, yeah. uh it's, it's not 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 resettable i guess yeah I, I could see that you know one thing snows to snow's credit that he hasn't done is because he's had opportunities to do this is to sort of take back a bad contract for a bad contract um you know, I, I think when when Thomas Vanek was traded, you know they got Sebastian Kohlberg, and people were like, "That's it, that's all." In a third round pick, and it's like, "That's all you got." Well, I think I mean I read Staple, I believe, excuse me, at the time Staple said something to the effect that 
other deals would have gotten them more, but it would have meant taking to ha- having to take a bad contract back, and Snow didn't want to do that. That that's fine. I, I commend that. But now you've got bad contracts. I mean, Lad is what is he like twenty some odd games without a goal or something like that? Has he scored yet in twenty eighteen? I don't think he has. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Once they <laughs> took him off the Barzal line, it's it's just. Yeah, and even if he hasn't, it, it went. He went a long time in 2018 before scoring goal. But I was actually thinking about it, and I wonder if to, you would have. So to trade Lad, I, first of all, he'd have to waive his no movement clause. So you'd have to find a place that he would want to go. Right. But you'd have to take a bad contract back. And I wonder. And I reserve the right to uh, write an article about this if, if I find the time in the future. Like I, I wonder if because he's from BC too. So I wonder if like he would be amenable to a, a trade to Vancouver for Louis Erickson, who has a very similar contract for a very similar amount of time. He has not played well with this. I think the idea was that he was going to hang with his boys, the Sedins in Vancouver, go fishing, go to the movies, whatever it was. Has not worked out that way. Um, I don't know if that's the kind of thing that you would – I don't know if that trade would ever actually happen, but that's the kind of trade that would happen. Louis Erickson's contract is not good. It's just as bad as Andrew Ladd's, but you're kind of banking on this sort of – yeah, and the Islanders. The the no. problem more than that is that you know uh, uh, Andrew Ladd. Sure, he hasn't scored, hasn't played that great since you know returning from injury and whatever. But he's he's one of the least of their problems in the right. contract department. Like it's Scott, Scott Pellick is signed. I mean, Scott, they're the same person in my head. That's why <laughs> Scott Mayfield and Adam Pellick are yeah. both signed for five years or whatever. I mean, these there's so many, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it. Like there's so many actual like pillars that they'd have to like yeah. erect and and blow up to do it and it's just not that's not how it works in, in a salary cap so i wonder if lad would go to buffalo for oposo huh. but yeah poor, that's the, but poor honestly Kyle's. i would like i just hope the islanders find a way to bring oposo and nielsen <laughs> back and at least you know, like that i yeah. could just be you know i i won't even have to i'll, I'll just like they were, we were just saying about the nostalgia i'll just like sit there and be brainwashed by that yeah. while they're playing while they suck I don't know, but that's the kind of. It was thing. a lot more fun to suck with Franz Nielsen on the team. It, it was, and I just I don't know. Half of these guys I just don't think are very good, and I just don't really care to see them ever again. <laughs> like I really just don't. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Like I just, I agree with you. Like there's just there's too they're anchored to too many guys, and even if they do sign John Tavares, like you know they're going to sign him for eight years and you know whatever eleven million dollars a year or something like that. That's you know yeah okay great you've got John Tavares and he's very good and you could you could obviously use him he's going to be productive productive for you but how much room does that leave you to acquire new players like you can't you can't you know and you know Lad I think Lad is the only guy on the team actually Boychuk might also have a uh, a no movement clause and you know Boychuk is another one like I love Johnny yeah. Boychuk and he's but he hasn't been playing all that well and he's he's still around for another four years at six million per so that's a big yeah. contract. There's there's very little coming off the books. Uh, yeah, well, there's enough coming off the books that they can sign Tavares, but that's right. it. <laughs> right, there's not enough. There's not enough coming off the books to to, to reset and and right. go about this yeah. the right way. They signed Bailey, which you know, actually, we didn't even talk about that. that it I mean, was great. Fine. I, yeah, that's yeah. good. But again, like, what do you, and Lee is a uh, free agent next year. Everly is a free agent next year. Although I feel like Everly that, could probably be replaced, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's really good. And the thing that scares me is that's that's what also scares me. So, like, you lose Tavares, you're going to lose those guys too. Like, they're probably you're going to like yeah. because you're not going to be good enough next year right. to to warrant keeping them past the deadline. Yeah. And that's that's you know, it's just that's we want to talk about a reset. It if, if the Islanders <laughs> are to reset next year, won't be the reset year. It's going to have to come then. And then you're looking at you know being terrible again. So, yeah. 
I think Lee, again, you know, getting back to Tavares, like I feel like Lee would resign for the same reason Tavares would. He's loyal. He likes it here. They gave him an opportunity, you know, and I feel like he could sign. Like, you know, Bailey took less money to stay, and I feel like, you know, he could, he could probably do that too. Everly, I feel like, could be replaced by Kiefer Bellows. I think that's that might be the plan. But the problem is Everly's also very good defensively, and I don't think people realize it, how he's actually pretty good on the back check. Uh, and I don't think Bellows is. So that's yeah, going to be another I, one. But but um, if 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 the Islanders if the Islanders a year from now had Lee and Everly and Tavares all on on the books, I would. Yeah. Just I would I would That's surprising. Yeah. Um but uh and I and this is I I swear to God this is not an advertisement for the athletic, but it's pretty much the only place I read now besides us. <laughs> um <laughs> Craig Custance had a list of like potential GM candidates, because like, you know, the Hurricanes need a GM now and a few other teams are probably gonna need one. Um two guys that stood out to me for the world's dumbest reason because they used to be Islanders. Um <laughs> but uh Bill Guerin who's the assistant GM in, in Pittsburgh and Tom Fitzgerald, who I believe is the assistant GM or like player of director of player personnel for the New Jersey devils. And uh, I mean, if both of those guys are ready to take the GM role, I can't think of a better place to come than the Islanders. They have connections here. I mean, Garen, especially like if the, I think a plausible scenario, and of course I'm totally pulling this out of my behind. And again, I reserve the right to uh, write about this later too. I think a plausible scenario would be the Islanders kick Snow to like a presidency role and sign Garen as a GM and, you know, keep weight as coach because they're all kind of buddies and they all play together and they all, you know, came up as late Islanders together. And, you know, would that be enough of a breath of fresh air to, you know, make some meaningful changes? Maybe. I don't know. It depends on, on what Bill Garen's thoughts are. Um, I could kind of see that happening, or it could end up being, you know, more of the same. Who knows? Yeah, I, I, I think that. First of all, I don't. I am more confident that Gar Snow will be an Islander uh, in October than John Tavares will be. That's that's where I'm at right now. So that's really, it's really, wow, honest. It's horrifying. Line like that. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's just how I feel because I right. I can't just like I can't picture. John Tavares, we signed. I'm having a hard time imagining the scenario where the Islanders are go. All right, like we're gonna. Th- they just watched the Hurricanes fire their coach. Right. I mean, their general manager. They're not. The Hurricanes aren't terrible. They've they've been a very good. Um, yeah, everything's been looked good under the hood for them. They just never turned it into results, and that was enough. The scouting's been incredible. They've they've you know unearthed unearthed these guys from all over the place. They've, they've made great trades. They all they. Ron Francis failed in one department, and that was taking a gamble on a goalie, and it didn't pay off. Right, and they, or, they, or or not getting one before that. They didn't I guess. just fire their general manager; they fired Ron Francis. I mean, yeah, come right, on. yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like Ron Francis. Francis is Ron Francis, and Gar, Scar Snow is Gar Snow. Like, right. he, sure, he was an Islander for a while. Yeah, but he's you know. Yeah, no, he's so that's but like how is John Ledecky who who has been and, and Scott Malkin Ledecky's been around the league now for two years. He's not like sure he's new, but the, he's not the newest owner on the block anymore. Like he's and he's talked to all these people, and I can't imagine going around the league and people saying you know not one person has said you might want to rethink you know the upper <laughs> management of this team. And yeah. he sees this other team that's a division rival making a move who's ahead of them in the standings and is probably better set up for to make a run at something considerable and not, you know, clicking on his own switch. Like, all right, we're not making the playoffs again. We haven't resigned our best player. What, like there's a 
common denominator here. They, they, it, he needs to do something, and yeah. he's and people are like, oh, he'll do it after the season. If he does it after the season, that means there's six weeks left to sign John Tavares or whatever there's left. You know, he, it, the, the clock is ticking and it's been ticking, and the Islanders just pretend like it's not. Yeah. No, I I do wonder what what they're thinking, Ledecky and Malkin, and yeah, you know, like I I, I agree with you. Like if you fire them, I, well, let me put it this way. If Tavares walks, there's absolutely no way that Snow doesn't get fired. Like I just I can't believe because at that I, point the reset. I, I, I want to believe you. you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, right. I want to believe you, but I honestly, if they come back with the same management group, if John Tavares walks, you think if you thought ten thousand people at Barclays Center was sad, how about two thousand people at Barclays? Like nobody is going to pay attention to this team. There's and it's and and it's because the Islanders have been in that situation and been in, in situations like almost less fathomable that I'm almost convinced it's going to happen. <laughs> like I'm used to that's the type of stuff yeah. like we, we've seen happen with this team. So that's why it's not sure if, if, if John Tavares was playing for the Minnesota wild and we're, and we're doing a Minnesota wild podcast. Yes. Hmm. I, I would totally believe you, but this is an Islanders podcast and the Islanders do things like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no, it, it's just like, I, 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 and it might be like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like it's like I don't know. I don't know what to call it, but like reactionary or whatever. Just because I'm pissed off that they wasted the season, but like this is it's it's unacceptable, and and nobody's acting like it is. Yeah, it's no. I I think that that's probably the best way to put it. Like it really is. Um, it, it's it isn't acceptable, and it shouldn't be acceptable. But yet here we are accepting it, and there's really no indication. Accepting that- it. Not only are we accepting it, but we're preparing ourselves for worse. <laughs> Uh, and there's no indication that it's not going to be worse or that it isn't acceptable. And it's just like, what what are we supposed to do? Like, what, where where are we supposed to go from here? And like, what are we supposed to hang our hat on? Now that being said, again, here we are, <laughs> twenty minutes after I already said it, we're forgetting about Matthew Barzell, who's great. But like, then what? Like, what what you know what what besides him do do they have? Yeah. Well, what just, what have they shown us that shows us that you know six years from now when his contract's up? I know. Yeah. Right. And 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 I don't want to look that far ahead or predict anything, but that's you know no, where I've, you got to think. I've thought you about also it too. Gotta, you also have to think about the fact that John Tavares, Matthew Bars, like John Tavares of the Islanders, are huge favor yeah. for the past five years on this contract that he's been on, like a gigantic favor. Matthew Barzal doesn't have to do that. He could have a you know a really he's going to get a you know a really big deal at some point, and yeah. the Islanders are going to have to give it to him, and that's going to kind of further complicate things. Sure. Yeah, no. Two years from now, he's 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 going to be an RFA. Well, he's. I mean, he'll. They could sign him, I believe, next summer. Like as an, you know, because he'll be an RFA. He's in the first year of his entry level contract now, so uh, he'll be able to resign. I think next summer. And yeah, you're right. Now he he could command you know a, a huge number that Tavares right. didn't get. I mean, so yeah. No, I I agree with you. It's it's hard to envision anything but the worst of the worst case scenarios. <laughs> and, yeah. But it's all we got. And, you know, meanwhile, the coach is like, yeah, well, we just got to win 10 of 13 games. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> no problem. That, yeah, that's like, totally also, like how, how are you watching that as, yeah. as the owner, not just being like, yeah. oh. I, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, I, you know, I think. Go right ahead. I'm, I'm, no, I was going to say, like, I just, I, yeah, the hope is that they, you know, they are going to sweep, sweep people out in the, in the interim. But again, then you get, like you said, you get into the, the, the no man's land of well now we got I mean nothing says they couldn't sign Tavares without a general manager I mean all he's got to do is sign sure. but at the same time like what is he going to be thinking like and again right. we get back to like is his loyalty enough to get him to resign I don't know mm-hmm. yes yeah, it's, it's weird it's a, it's uh 
it's all just a gigantic mess. And really it's it's like a self made mess. This isn't it, like a, a two year old spilling his milk. This is a thirty seven year old dude spilling milk. No, it's, you know, and expecting somebody else to clean it up. <laughs> no, it's it's it is. It's everything about it is is completely their fault, and mm-hmm. there's not much that anybody can do about it. It's just it just it is what it is, and it's you know all we can do is just sit and watch. Uh, speaking of watching, and as I teased before, we'll talk about their schedule. So they just had. Essentially, three games in two weeks, which is, you know, they, they spent they took a very leisurely tour through Western Canada uh, from Vancouver to oh, I, I thought they, they actually played two games that week. I thought they played one, but it was a very long road trip with very few games. Now they've got this stretch coming up. So they got the Capitals on Thursday and Friday of this week, and then they have four games next week and then four games the week after. So they've got 10 games in the span of three weeks. Um, that's a little bit crazy. And and if you think they're going to win 10 of those, uh, I'm sorry, you just haven't been watching it. Oh, and by the way, not only do they have to play the Capitals twice, but those very same Hurricanes who just got tied, uh, they, they're they tied right now with the Bruins, but also the Penguins and the Lightning and the Blackhawks and then the Panthers who have not lost uh, in like two months and then the Senators who in a way kind of kick-started the entire uh, tailspin this team has been on back in December 1st when I watched them lose a 6-5 game that I thought was a total fluke uh, and then was not. Oh, and then they have a back-to-back with the Leafs, who will humiliate them in Barclay Center, and then the Devils, uh, who will probably be ready to uh, either clinch a playoff berth or just, you know, fall out of contention for good. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's who I honestly like, and I, I'm saying I'm not saying this like I was saying before. I'm not saying it as a tanker. I just keep hoping hope they lose. Almost not like actively rooting for them to lose, but every time like they do lose, I I do feel like a little bit better about myself. Like it's good. Like you deserve <laughs> that. You deserve that. There's yeah. no I I want to see you guys sad. It's uh, I, I can't I can't disagree. It's uh, it's tough, but you know it's I think it's th- this team is just stagnated and like that 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 was the the, the thinking to me with the whole Hurricanes. Francis, uh, it's not, and technically it wasn't a firing. They kicked him upstairs. They gave him the right. Mike Milbury. They kicked him upstairs, and he's probably going to eventually leave. But they didn't fire him, so they can say, "Well, we didn't fire him." They just have to wait for him to quit. Um, you know, I, I felt like it, the team was just stagnating. Like that, that team especially just feels like. I mean, part of it's that Cam Ward has been there since you know 1922, but they're just stagnating, and it just feels like they've never really updated themselves and the Islanders are the same way. They've had the same management group forever. They've had a lot of the same players forever. And, you know, the guys that walk were just let go and they never really were fully replaced in most cases. I mean, okay, I believe it's replaced some guy. Uh, and Ladd obviously was, was a, supposed to be a replacement for both Nielsen and Oroposo. And doesn't really worked out that way. But Villiers has been good too, I guess is, is another one to throw in there. But like, you know, how many years in a row are we supposed to see Brock Nelson score, you know, 20 goals in 80 games with a giant like 40 game slump right in the middle of it like it's just i don't you know i feel like we've been we've, this is a rerun uh, that we've seen a hundred times i just it I'm is tired of it I'm really tired of it. yeah it's horrible it's, it's so funny that 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 <laughs> we are we know like we know we just know exactly who brock nelson is and yeah. and like what and he's fine and whatever it is but the fact that he is with the islanders are just kind of like all right, yeah, like let's just keep throwing this guy out there. We even though like we know we can improve over him. It's and you know what? It's it's funny. We should probably wrap it up because we've just been kind of <laughs> going. Just we've kind of been letting it all out this time. But uh, you know, it reminds me of when Brian Strait signed with Winnipeg, 
And I was on a, a podcast with the Arctic Ice Hockey guys at the time. Uh, they're the you know the SB Nation Winnipeg Jets blog, and they were like, you know, what can we expect from from Brian Strait? And I was <laughs> like, well, if you guys are smart, you expect him to be in the AHL. And sure enough, he pretty much has been yeah. in the AHL the entire time. Like I think he had a cup of coffee, and that was about it. And meanwhile, that guy, you know, played for the Islanders. He was a starting mm-hmm. player for the Islanders for like four it's, it's years. It's something I always bring it up to people. I go, yeah, do you know what's so funny about the Islanders? If you think back to their you know less bunch of coaches and their less their their general manager. You know, uh, Milbury or whatever. It's like, can you ever imagine another team hiring Mike Milbury? Right. Can you ever imagine another team hiring as a head coach Steve Sterling? <laughs> you know, like Scott Gordon flamed out in Toronto. It's just right. like the the, the, what, the last one was Laviolette. Yeah. Right. And the Islanders fired him. Yeah. So like the the last good thing they had from coach up, like a considerably good thing, was someone that they fired and. Everybody else that they've had is never going to sniff the NHL again. Yeah. Actually, Scott Gordon just got a contract extension in the AHL today with uh, with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So there you go. So the, the go go Gordon system. Yeah, it's working in the AHL, not yeah. so much in the NHL. And as we all remember, Jack Capuano is still an assistant coach, and I'm a little right. sad that the Panthers are winning because I still was holding on to the, the idea that he would be the Panthers head coach within 18 months, and it doesn't <laughs> look like that's going to happen. I, so. I, I'm really happy that the Panthers are doing yeah, this too. too. I'm, yeah. I'm all about the Panthers. Keep going. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think the Panthers are my favorite NHL team. <laughs> hey, you might as well, right? Uh, they could suck because what guys. we did to them wasn't fair. We shouldn't. The fact that the Island, the Islanders should give back that playoff round win because it does, wow. it, it it led to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you no. know, it, it wasn't a building moment. If if a first round playoff win is a crescendo, yeah, that's it's pathetic. That's a no. That you, that's that is the absolute perfect way to say it. It led to nothing. All of that, and and it was, I mean, again, not to not to rehash that whole thing, but it wasn't. You're right. The Panthers kind of got jobbed in that series, that, and it that was, playoff series streak didn't die for this. You know, no, it didn't. And it was, if it wasn't for Tavares and Grice, that playoff streak would continue, would still be going on because that that was not a good team. <laughs> and those two guys, I don't know if they did it consciously or subconsciously, but they were just like, we're winning this series, and they won it, and I will be eternally grateful for them. But Thomas Grice should have been in the AHL and this season, and John Tavares, I'm just here. I am just sitting here praying he wins. And and again, like that's the perfect way to put it. That that playoff series happened and it ended. That that playoff slump ended for nothing. That whole that whole thing just fizzled out. And now we can sit here and be like, well, nothing happened. All that. Nothing happened. <laughs> okay, well there you go. Um, so I, I was going to go through the schedule, but I just kind of did and. They're not going to win 10 of those. So that's, that's <laughs> There's ridiculous. no point. But you know what? The, the only good part about when the Islanders play is it means it's one cl- game closer to the season ending. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Actually, I was a little excited. I was like, oh, good. It's only 13 games left. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's good. It's not too bad, especially since most of them are going to happen in the next three weeks. Get it over with. Uh, anything else? Do we forget anything? Did you have anything to, to bring up? I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we're pretty good, right? Yeah, this is the second second straight. Just sort of like ah! you ever see that movie Blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling? No, it's a very depressing movie. That's what I felt like this episode was kind of like. Wow. It's just like not, not, there was really we tried to make it as best we could. Like you know we we'd say yeah. Matt Barzell's name every once in a while, but right. just the end of it, the you know this episode as a whole has just been very depressing. Blue Valentine, I've never heard of that. Yeah, don't watch it. It's very sad. Oh wait, I know this movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember. I remember yeah, you like I, the I movie basically convinces you to to like root for this couple, and then it's yeah. just like miserable. So yeah. 
Well, Driver was a little bit like that. Like, like Driver is a movie that has you like really appreciate people, and then all of a sudden, like in the blink of an eye, they're dead. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell just happened? Uh, great movie though. Great jacket. Great movie. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, instead of watching The Islanders, I highly recommend watching Ryan Gosling movies. Uh, Driver's good. Uh, Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner. I, a lot of people didn't really like it that much, but I thought it was great. If you if you like the original Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, equally as good. Uh, you gotta you gotta have to sort of like get absorbed into it. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to Arthur Staple for using the thing, the great John Carpenter's the thing, uh, in a write up. That's that's how you know quality right there when the, when the thing comes out. So mm-hmm. if you haven't watched the thing, highly 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 recommend it. Uh, also, Big Trouble in Little China. Also, the commentary tracks for those, if you get the DVDs, it's usually John Carpenter and Kurt Russell. They're good friends. They're funny dudes. They're smart guys. They have a great time. They never talk about the movie. They just talk about like life in general, and it's just you, know, you just want to hang out with those dudes. They get, they get a couple of beers, and they just have some fun, and it's awesome. So they, <laughs> I highly recommend doing those instead of watching these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, maybe go for a run, too, you know, yeah. just next time they're on. Right. Yeah, well, I, I mean, provided there's not a, like a nor'easter. Happening. Yeah, right. There's like 18 <laughs> of those a week. But, yeah, but – but yeah, just find something better to do. Yeah, seriously. And and not not in a bad way. I'm just yeah. Just please for all of us. I'm trying my best. It's hard. <laughs> so uh, I guess tell tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's the the Big Lebowski. Two the big, E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You can follow Mike there. Uh, you can follow me at Culture of Losing. I don't know, man. I'm kind of over Twitter at this point. Maybe I'll come back. <laughs> we did like <laughs> two things in the last like seventy two hours. I'm kind of over it, but. I promise you. I was my nine-year Twitter anniversary yesterday. I saw that. That was depressing too. Congratulations. Uh, no, the opposite of congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Condolences, no, just, I guess. Isn't it? Yeah, I don't know how to say. It. I don't. Yeah. It was when I saw that. I was like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. yeah it kind of flies by, and you're like, and then it's just like you said with that playoff appearance. It's like, well, and what and what came of it? Nothing, yeah, exactly. You know? Nothing. But hey, hey, we're friends. You friends? Found yes, each other, yes. So we got a go. couple friends. That's good. But. It's like. Yeah, that's about that's about honestly it. <laughs> that's that's about it, and uh, we probably could have met some other way too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, visit ProStockHockey.com. Use the code Lighthouse. Get ten percent off your order. Uh, it expires on the twenty eighth, so definitely go there right away and use it. Thank you for ProStock Hockey for uh, partnering with us. Hope you guys get a lot of sales. Uh, everybody, pick up an Anders Lee stick and go out and use it this weekend and go play instead of watching. Anders Lee and the Islanders, you know, get frustrated on the ice. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we will talk to you again uh, probably sometime after the Ottawa game. I don't know. That's probably the best time. Yeah, right before the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, right before the playoffs. (laughs) Right right around the time they've won that 10th game out of 13. We'll see. Uh, But thanks a lot. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.